I can do all things through Christ because he gives me strength. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined as always by my good friend, my pal from St. Agnes down there in Rockville Center, Frank Alasia. Frank, how are you doing today? Doing great, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is great. Uh, the topic for today's conversation is overcoming our predominant fault with the help of Holy Communion. Makes a lot of sense, but we got to remind ourselves. So when I when you say predominant fault to me, I don't know what am I thinking about the, the one individual thing that that dogs each one of us. Say anger in one person, lust in another. You know, kind of a, a ongoing resentment or a gossiping thing. Is that what we're talking about when we say predominant fault? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the thing that we all know um, we have. Afflicts us. Yeah. Afflicts us, right? We all have physical, we all have physical um, weaknesses, right? Some people have a stomach problem. Some people have a head problem. But those, those things can't keep you out of heaven. You know, what I'm talking about is predominant fault and how we can overcome it. Because that sin may be keeping us from becoming a saint, which is what we're all called to be. All right. So we have this thing. Paul said that he had a thorn in his flesh. Right. That this persistent sin, whatever it might be. That, and, and so we say, how do we overcome it with the help of Holy Communion? What do you mean there? Right. Well, there are three ways, right, we can to overcome our predominant fault. We pray to our guardian angel. The Blessed Mother is always a great help when we struggle with our spiritual life. And the one that I think is overlooked and it's the best remedy is Holy Communion. One of the reasons Jesus instituted communion was an antidote for our predominant fault because he knew we needed it. The Council of Trent said, our Lord wished that the most blessed sacrament should be received as a spiritual food of souls by which they may be fed and strengthened and as an antidote whereby we may be freed from daily sins and preserved from mortal sin. All right, so we acknowledge that we have this predominant fault or persistent sin, and then we are drawn to the Holy Communion. And so even with our fault, when we receive, we're acknowledging our weakness, Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you, and we are receiving God's mercy. He wants to give this to us. Right. It, it's pretty simple. When you receive communion in the state of grace, your actions merit more. And when we think of, you know, why the saints seem to get their prayers answered more quickly than we do, it's because there's so much more in the state of grace. And I think that what happens is we shuffle up the communion every Sunday and receive we have to think about what we're going to ask Jesus to help us with. It must be intentional. He wants to help us. He doesn't need our help. We need his. And if you've been doing it that way, it's no wonder it's hard to shake that bad habit. Yeah. We have to keep in mind the great legacy of the bread in our lives. I mean, when the Israelites first saw those fine flakes on the ground in the morning, they said, what is this? And Moses said, it is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. So they were on a long journey and they complained and God gave them bread each morning for the journey. So food for the journey. That's how we think of you. And Jesus said, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. My father gives you the true bread from heaven. 
For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said, sir, give us this bread always. And he said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. So this is why we have to reflect on the great legacy of, of Holy Communion in our lives. Being Catholic gives us this opportunity that so often take it for granted. But St. Teresa of Avila says it when she says, after we receive, God is in our soul on a throne of grace and asks, what do you want me to do for you? You know, we must be in the proper state of grace, of course. You know, Lord, you know that I have a problem with anger, lust, addiction, whatever it may be. I can't seem to beat it, but I know you can. So I'm turning it over to you. He's the divine physician and the only one who can heal us. I mean, how often do we place our trust in people and never ask Jesus for help? It's crazy. I like that idea, that prayer of placing that specific fault in, uh, at, the, at the feet of the Lord as we as we receive Holy Communion. Right. St. Saint, Saint Alphonsus Liguori, the, the great priest and bishop, the founder of the Redemptorists, he said, if you desire to find him immediately, See, he is quite close to you. Tell him what you desire, for it is to console you and grant your prayer that he remains in the tabernacle. That's why Jesus is there for us, for right. us to receive him. Yeah, Jesus. everywhere. The basic plan, though, is to think about what you want to ask him before Mass. I like it. You know, you wouldn't go to somebody for advice without preparing questions for them. And then spend at least 15 minutes after receiving, tell us, telling Jesus your problem and, and begging him for his help and his mercy. If you're trying to get rid of that dominant fault, when you go to receive every day, if you can, the more that you do that, the more grace you receive, the holier you become. And it gives you a better, so much of a better chance of overcoming that fault. Yeah, I like the preparation prayer because, I mean, yes, the Eucharist is spiritual food for the journey, but it's not like running down to the diner for a quick breakfast and a coffee in the morning. I mean, we have to prepare ourselves to receive the body of Jesus in Holy Communion. And we do that with prayer and some fasting and some silence. And then to achieve a sense of importance or, and reverence when we receive, we don't take the host from the priest. We, re we offer our hands or our tongue and we receive him gratefully. And when, and when the priest says the body of Christ, we respond, amen. Yes, I affirm that this is Jesus. You don't say thank you. I, I You say amen to it. Yeah. And after that, it's very important that we don't run out of church because when we do that, you know, St. John of the Cross says after communion is a time to gain treasures of grace and we lose these graces when we shorten this time of thanksgiving. And the devil knows that. And that's why receiving communion should not just be reduced to a pious habit. Yeah. And also, it just reminds me, we've talked about this before, but when Eucharistic ministers, extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist who take communion from the mass and go out to, to the nursing homes and wherever to, uh, to allow people who can't get to church receive, there's got to be a better sense of reverence. Than I, I've seen people stand out in front of the church and chat a little bit before they leave, or they get in the car and put the radio on. I mean, we have to maintain that reverence for this act through, through the whole process. That is, that is such an important point, you know, and we quote the saints a lot in the podcast, because look, the saints, 
the saints know. I mean, they're 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 who we who we look up to and, and try to emulate. And Pope Pius, the Saint Pope Pius attends, I'll close it with this. He said, Someone going to communion should not go out of routine, but for the purpose of pleasing God or being more closely united to him in charity and seeking this divine remedy for our weaknesses and its effects. That's beautiful. And I, re- I think Pius X was, was the one who advanced the idea of daily communion, mm-hmm. which you have been a great beneficiary and, and, and a mo- role model for me. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> Folks, thanks for listening. And uh, don't forget to like us or follow us and send us an email at anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. Frank, I love you a lot. I'll talk to you next time, okay? God bless. Thanks, Deacon.